Hey, we're going to jump in this morning. Um, I really am. I'm going to ask you to get your Bibles, get your Bibles opened on your iPhones, your iPads, your, uh, your however you're doing that. Get ready to take some notes this morning. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and apologize in advance. We're going to run through some stuff on the first part of this message. Um, as you know, we're in a new series. We're in a new series called Ghost Stories, and we're talking about the Holy Ghost. And uh, we're going we're gonna to jump in here. We're going to cover a lot of territory, and then we're going to slow down at the end of the message so we can really ask the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost, to drive some things home to, uh, to us. How, does that sound okay with everybody? My, I'm, 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 I'm talking with people who are able to keep up, right? I'm talking with people who are able to, to take some notes and go back and read some stuff and find out some things on their own. I'm talking to the cream of the crop and all of Tyler and all of Texas. Hey, Amen. Am I talking to the right people? Hey, man, I'm talking to Astro fans. Is that right? Is that, uh, oh, oh, I'm sorry, Jason. I didn't mean to go there. So. Oh, man, did anybody watch the game last night? I, I'm, I, I'm not a huge baseball watcher on television, but I could, man, that was exciting. How many people like to win? The rest of you are losers, right? Is that what you're telling me? Is that right? No, come on. We all like to win. We want to win. And uh, in Jesus, how many people know we win? We win. And you know what? And that's part of the story of the book of Acts. It's about God's people winning. It's about how the Holy Spirit, and we talked about this a little bit last week, how the, that, um, the Holy Spirit came. Jesus said, hey, I'm going to be leaving. I'm going to be going away, but I'm sending the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit came. He, he filled the room. He filled the disciples. There were spiritual manifestations that took place. There were people speaking in, in tongues, and other people were hearing those messages in their own languages. There were signs and wonders that were taking place. There were people who at one time were cowards that became bold preachers and proclaimers of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amazing, amazing time. The good news is if you read it on scripture, read it on the pages of scripture, you might think it was for then, but it's for today too. And that's the great news is that the Holy Spirit continues to move in us and through us today. We talked a little bit about the continuing evidences of the baptism of being filled with the Holy Spirit, how that they studied the apostles' doctrine, how that they came to church, how that they fellowshiped together in, um, in each other's homes, how they broke bread, they actually had meals together, they had eating meetings, right? How many people like eating meetings? I like eating meetings. I loved our XYZ group this uh, week, it came in from a, a seminar that Pastor Chris and some of us have been to this week, and, and I came in and got there a little bit late and got there, but there was still gumbo and jalapeno cornbread left. There's a God in heaven, I am telling you, folks. It was wonderful. It was wonderful. Love those eating meetings, but beyond that, they, they celebrated communion together, the breaking of the, of the, the receiving of the body and the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. They, they did a lot of those things. They, they, they continued to show love and compassion, one for another. They cared about each other. They lived in unity and harmony. Many people think that's a great way to live. Man, that's a fantastic, it's a fantastic way to live. And it's something God offers to us today. So I want us to jump, uh, to run through a couple of things. 
lay a bit, little bit of a foundation of who the Holy Spirit is, and then look closer um, at how he works in and through our lives. So again, let me just remind you that the, the term Holy Ghost, when you hear that term, it means the same thing as Holy Spirit. It was kind of in the old English, they would use the, word, the term uh, ghost more so today in more modern translations. If you have a modern translation of the Bible, it probably says Holy Spirit. Same word, in pneuma in the Greek, ruach in the Hebrew. And, um, and so when we're talking about the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit, interchangeable terms, it means the same thing. Second thing is that the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit, is God. He's the second person of the, or the third person of the Trinity. Theological terms, he's co-equal and he's co-eternal with God the Father and God the Son. It means he has the same characteristics. They're, 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 they're the same. And we could talk about, we'll talk about another time, just uh, what the Trinity is and how that is still relevant and impacting in our world today. So um, uh, the, the, Holy, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost has personality. He can be grieved, his feelings can be heard, he can be joyful, he can be happy. He, he displays personality on an ongoing basis. The Holy Ghost is not just a New Testament personality. I think this is important for us to understand that the Holy Ghost didn't just show up in the book of Acts and like, welcome to the scene where you've been. No, I mean, he has been throughout the scripture. As a matter of fact, from Genesis 1, we see the manifestation of the Holy Ghost. We see the, the implications of the Trinity in the very beginning of Genesis when God said, let us create man in our image. So from Genesis 1 through the entire scriptures, through the early church, and even in our lives today, the Holy Ghost is active and I'm thankful. Can anybody say amen? Amen. Uh, and then fourth, I would just say that the Holy Ghost reveals a pattern of his presence and his power in the lives of individuals and the church through the book of Acts, through all of the scripture, but specifically we're looking at the book of Acts. Amen. So, um, so let's jump a little further into this, this whole relationship with the Holy Spirit. In John chapter 14, Jesus is speaking, he's teaching his disciples, he's telling his disciples, he's moving towards the crucifixion, <clears throat> moving towards the last days of his life. And uh, so he's, he's instructing, he's, he's equipping, he's kind of preparing his disciples for a time when he won't be right there walking with them, sleeping with them, leading them and guiding them. So he explains that the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit is gonna come and he says a couple of things to them. John 14, 26, let me say, make a note here. John 14, John 14 through 16, some of my favorite section of scripture. John 14 through 16. But in John 14, verse 26, Jesus says, but the helper, the comforter, if you have a uh, King James Bible or a new King James, it probably says, the comforter, the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all of the things that I have said. Now, you've heard me say that I didn't grow up in a Christian home, and so I didn't know the, the, the Christianese, the, the religious terminologies. And, and I can remember somebody saying to me one time, they said, oh, Sam, now that you're saved, man, you, just, you, need, you need a closer walk with the comforter. And I was like, comforter? What am I going to do? In my mind, in my mind uh, the only thing I knew that a comforter was was like a quilt. How many people have ever heard a quilt referred to as a comforter, right? I thought, 
well, sure, I guess if I'm cold and I, I, I need some warmth or something. And so when people would talk about the comforter, the picture I had was of this, was of a big comforter and, and you kind of take it and you get all wrapped up in the, in the comforter. Am I the, how many people ever thought that when they heard that word? Thank a few, a couple. How many people said, even if I thought that, I would not raise my hand and admit it? Okay, so, okay. You know, and, and that's really what I thought. I thought, well, this comforter, and some, so, so I think about the Holy Ghost as just someone who just came in and wrapped me up and brought warmth to my life and was kind of soft and, and you know, and, and, and just brought a good feeling to my life. And then I found out that that word comforter in the Greek, it's the word paraclete and the paraclete, okay? Like a pair of cleats, like a pair of football cleats, right? A pair of cleat. And let me just show you, let me tell you what this means here this morning. Paraclete means one who is summoned, one who is called to one side, one who pleads another's case before a judge. He's a counselor for defense. He's one who intercedes. In, in, in the widest sense, he's, he's an, a helper, he's an aide, he's an assistant, not, not, not like someone lower, but just somebody there to assist you. I think one of the most beautiful pictures in scripture is the picture of a paraclete where it says he's one who comes and he lends a shoulder. Anybody here ever carried a heavy load in your life? I mean, anybody here ever carried some things that, that kind of started wearing you down and nobody, you know what I'm talking about? Emotionally mentally, financially, you've had to deal with weights, you've struggles, all of a sudden you just feel pressed down, you feel weighted down, you feel burdened, you feel overcome, and all of a sudden, with the scripture, the picture the scripture paints is that as you're carrying this weight that's too heavy for you, there's one who is so strong and so loving and so kind that he comes up alongside of you and he puts his shoulder under the weight and he lifts the weight he lifts the weight off of your life and, and, and carries the weight and he assists us and strengthens us. And, and I think that's a beautiful picture of what the Holy Ghost does when he comes into our lives. And so, man, if somebody's gonna do that for me, if they're coming and if they're willing to carry it, then I wanna give it to them, amen? Doesn't that make sense? So I just love that about the Holy Ghost, that he would do that for our lives. Goes on. The scripture and the commentary I was reading said this. It said the Holy Spirit was destined to take the place of Christ with the apostles to lead them, to guide them to a deeper knowledge of the gospel truth and to give them divine strength needed to enable them to overcome trials and persecutions on behalf of the kingdom of God. Isn't that wonderful that the Holy Spirit's going to come and he's going to lift the load of our lives and at the very same time, he's going to put himself into us to guide us, to lead us, to show us the way to go, to empower us so that we could overcome every trial, every situation. Come on, get this. Every trial, every situation, every difficulty, so we could be victorious in the work of the kingdom of God for his glory and honor. Amen? That's who we're called to be. That's what he does in our lives. John 16, verse 7 goes on and it says this. It says, nevertheless, I tell you the truth, Jesus speaking here. He says, it's to your advantage 
then I'd go away. Now, I don't know about you, I'd be, that'd be a hard sell in my book, you know. I've been walking with Jesus for three years. I've been watching all of the miracles that he does. I've, been, I've seen him heal the sick, raise the dead, provide food for, for multitudes. And then Jesus says, well, listen, it's going to be better if I go away. I'm going to go, wait a minute, Jesus, we need to talk about this. <laughs> but Jesus says, if I go away, then he says, for if I do not go away, the comforter, the Holy Ghost will not come, but if I go, I will send him, I will send him to you. It goes on in, in John, a little later in that same chapter, in John 16, verse 13, it says, when he, the Holy Ghost, the, I'm sorry, when he, the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all things of the truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will declare to you the things that are to come. I love this. Listen, if, if you want to, uh, to circle a scripture in your Bible, this is, this is one of them right here. The Holy Ghost is going to come, and he's going to guide you. That, that Greek word is an amazing Greek word. It's hodageo. Hodageo, okay? Everybody say that with me. Hodageo. Hodegeo, okay? So you now, you now know Greek. And, and this word hodegeo, it literally means this. It means a guide. It means to be led along the way, to be a guide and a teacher. And, that, and that's what the Holy Spirit's saying. Jesus is saying here, listen, I've been leading you. I've been guiding you. I've been teaching you, but I'm going to go away. I can only be with a few, but I'm going to send the Holy Ghost. And when he comes, he's going to be able to be with everybody and in everybody to lead you and to guide you, to teach you, to show you the way. And I love the last part of that verse where he says this, where he says, and he will show you, he will declare to you the things that are to come. Let me ask you this. Has anybody ever needed any help knowing what to do? How about what to do next, <laughs> right? Anybody ever found yourself being able to get in trouble on your own? <laughs> dig holes, dig ditches, you know, dig, a, dig big pits and fall into them. But what do I do now? And so here we have the, 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 the Holy Ghost coming along to Hodegeo, to guide us, to teach us, to lead us, to show us the way. I, I, man, I just right there, that's what I, I just want to say. Holy Ghost, just do that in our lives. You know, and, and if we'll think about this, this is so important because every single, honestly, every single moment of our day, of our lives, we've really never been there before. We've never been to tomorrow yet. Have anybody been to tomorrow yet? Oh my gosh, we, we've got some real prayer needs. We, we've got time travelers in amongst us. So, but, uh, but we haven't been there. But you know what? Eternal God eternal Holy Ghost has already knows. If you were going to go on a trip with somebody, if you were going to go out, you know, on a journey with somebody, how many people would say, I'd want to go with someone who's been there before? Anybody? Anybody ever followed somebody who didn't know where they were going? 
that's, that's not fun. You know, I, I think about times of, oh, follow me. I know how I've been there before. And then, you know, you, you miss a turn or something. And all of a sudden, have you ever done that? Have you ever been leading a group of cars and all of a sudden, you miss a turn and have to pull in? It's kind of embarrassing. You turn around, you just kind of wave at them like, yeah, sorry. You thought I knew where I was going. Really didn't know what I was doing. Yeah. Yeah. Those are the kind of people that uh, have the theology of life that says, fake it till you make it, man. You hear somebody say that, run. Don't just walk away, but run away, okay? But the Holy Ghost is going to come and he's going to lead us. He's going to guide us. He's going to show us the things to come. Hey, look at me, everybody. Let me see your eyes here. You don't have to make every mistake there is to make in life. I mean, really, have you ever felt like, man, I, I just, uh, man I, I'm just making all the mistakes. I'm doing all the... Can, I believe that the Holy Ghost, I believe that the Holy Spirit in us can prevent things, wrong things from happening in our lives. I believe that he can keep us from making wrong mistakes. Does anybody else believe that? I, I mean, I'm serious. I, I, I'm just telling you, I, I believe that God working in people and through people, he can protect us. He, he, can, he can slow us down and, and keep us from some, from some of the dangers that would seek just to, to destroy our lives, whether it's physical dangers. I think about this. I think about how the years ago we were leaving the lake and, and we had packed up Yvette's car and she was going on. I was um, packing up the boat and getting ready and that kind of stuff. And, and, and um, then when I, I caught up with her, she was just like white. I said, what happened? She goes, just as I was coming up to the intersection, 155 there and out where Brookshire's is out towards the lake a um a log truck ran his brakes went out and he ran the uh, he ran the light and it just missed her you know I, I think th oh thank you God that, that that accident didn't happen but you know what I believe that the Holy Spirit protects us I believe that listen I believe that God protects us from making some some bad financial decisions or making us from making some horrible relationship uh, right? Does anybody here, you know, have you ever thought back about some of the people that could have been a part of your life? And they go, oh, thank you, God. <laughs> oh, thank you, God. Right? Do you know what I'm talking about? You know? Man, I'm like, oh, thank you, Holy Spirit. Man, you have, you have, you know, led us out of the wrong places and wrong things. And that's the pattern of what, that's the pattern of what the Holy Spirit does in the scripture. So let's, let's, let's jog again. Here we go. Okay, that's exactly what the Holy Ghost did in the early church. He came, he baptized them, he filled them with his presence, he gave them boldness and power to live as citizens of the kingdom of God. He instructed them with truth, he gave them wisdom of what to say, when to say it. How many people know that's a great gift to have? What to say and when to say it. The other side of this is what not to say and when not to say it. Hallelujah, amen, right? You know, the, does anybody know the scripture in the Bible where it says even a fool's considered wise when he keeps his mouth shut? I'm just saying. Uh, that doesn't pertain to anybody here, right? But I'm just saying. So somebody you know somewhere, right? So uh, he led them, instructed them. He took them basically hand by hand and took them to a place they'd never been before. They'd never been the New Testament church. They'd never been filled with the Holy Spirit. They'd never been the messengers, the apostles, the preachers, the disciples of Jesus Christ before going to share the message of the gospel with the entire world. They'd never done that before. But the Holy Spirit was showing them the way step by step. That's great news. The Holy Ghost showed, he lived with them, he, he stayed with them, he, he was with them, he, get, he continued to give them power for ministry. He gave them power to do miracles day by day. 
to accomplish great things in the kingdom. Great things in the kingdom. And he did that as an example for us today. So let's look at some of those examples real quickly. You ready? Get your, get your pencils, pens, whatever you're doing there, okay? Let's take a walk through some of these things, okay? Acts chapter 3. In Acts, we were in Acts chapter 2 last week. In Acts chapter 3 this week, we look and when we um, begin to read Acts chapter 3, we see a story about, about Peter and John and they're going to the temple. They're going to the temple. Remember one of the things we said the disciples continued to do last week was they continued to fellowship together, going to the temple, going house to house. So, so Peter and John are going to the temple. They go to the temple, and as they're walking into this gate called Beautiful at the temple, they see a beggar, a beggar that's there on, this, on the side of the gate, trying to make a living, trying to have enough money, trying to, to earn his, uh, his, his, life, his support for his life. Now, historians tell us that in all probability that that beggar had been there many, many times when they'd walked into the gate, that that was kind of his assigned place. It's like from time to time, we see certain people that are always at certain places with that same card or whatever, saying that they're in need or they need help or assistance. This beggar was at the gate repeatedly. They'd walked by him in all probability many times, but now... After receiving the Holy Spirit, being filled with the Holy Ghost, they're walking along and something stirs in them. They, they sensed a little quickening, a little something speaking to them in their heart, in their spirit. They, they, they get that little tap on the shoulder that we've told about, that little whisper in the ear. Let me ask, has anybody ever hear that whisper in the ear that, hey, hey, why don't you do this? Why don't you slow down? Why don't you say something to this person? Why don't you give something to this person? Why don't you extend a little kindness? Why don't you go and pray for this person? Your, your, your server at the, at the restaurant, okay? I know that sometimes this kind of feels uh, maybe a little outside of the norm, but can I tell you, it is an incredible thing that when you hear that, you feel that tap on your, your life or you hear that whisper and, and you, somebody's just expressing to you that they're having a horrible, good-for-nothing, terrible day. Have you ever had a server like that? Okay, hopefully you've never been a server like that, <laughs> okay? And, and you can just say, hey, can, can I just pray for you? And that's basically what they did. They, they, they stopped and they went, oh, you know what? You're, you're asking for money, but silver and gold we don't have. And, and here you are, you're, you're ill, you're, you're infirmed, you're, you're, your life has been ruined because of this disease. Come on, rise up, be healed in the name of Jesus. And do you remember what happened? All of a sudden, they take him by the hand and they lift him and he is healed. Many people know that's a pretty good day, right? Man, that he's healed and he rejoices and that goes into the temple. And it's just an incredibly amazing story. It's the Holy Spirit that's working in them and the Holy Spirit that is working through them. In Acts chapter 4. Again, we see um, just miracles and signs and wonders that's going on, bold preaching that's taking place, thousands of people that are getting saved. And one of the things that I love about this chapter is, is there's all of a sudden there's this miraculous release of a heart to give, a spirit of generosity. Let me say this, if we are filled with the Holy Spirit, there will be a spirit of generosity in our lives. And I'm not just talking about just giving money. Giving money is part of it. Sharing our financial resources is going to be part of it. But you know what else? There's going to be a desire to share our lives with people. We're going to all of a sudden, I don't know how it happens, but we're going to, we're going to have enough margin in our life 
where we're going to be able to, to care about somebody, to be able to talk to them, to be able to learn what's going on in their life, not to be nosy, okay? Not to just be a, uh, somebody that's just, you know, placating them or just going through the motions, but genuinely caring about people is one of the great gifts that takes place. This is one of my favorite sections of Scripture in Acts chapter 4. Acts chapter 4, verse 31, it goes like this. It says, And when they had prayed... The place in which they were gathered together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they continued to speak the word of God with boldness. Everybody say boldness. Boldness. Okay, not rudeness, boldness. Amen? They spoke the, they spoke the word of God with boldness, and God did great things. It says, now the number of those who believed were of one heart and soul, and no one said that any of the things that belonged to him was his own but they had everything in common. And I love this. And with great power, the apostles were giving their testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus and great grace was upon them. How many people say, I want great grace upon my life? Hey, we need great grace upon our lives, amen? The favor, the blessing, the, the forgiveness of God upon our lives. It says, and great grace was upon their lives. And I love this testimony. There was not a needy person among them. Wouldn't that be great to be able to say, man, that God has so resourced New Covenant Church that he has put such a supply of financial resources, of physical resources, of, of whatever it is, that any time we heard of a need in somebody's life, that God would meet that need and that we'd be able to say, man, there's not a need among us? I am telling you, I'm believing for that. I don't know what you're praying for, what you're believing. Can I say this? We were at a, a seminar this week and uh, at a great church, Grace Outreach Church up in Plano. And, 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 and I really am asking this. You know, who we are as a church, who, who we are as the, as the people of God is not dependent upon me or Chris or the, the elders or the board or, or the ministry leaders or the children. It's, it's not, it's, it's, it's dependent on all of us. All of us, not just to attend a church, but to be church. Not just to come and to receive, but to be a giver even while we're here. Uh, you've heard me say that. That's why it's important that from time to time we slow down in our walk. And, you know, you don't get extra points for being the first one out the door and the last one in the door, right? So uh, that, you, don't, that, you don't get any points at all for that. Um, <laughs> just in case you were keeping track. But, uh, you know, I'm saying, seriously, we welcome you. Please be praying for the church. Please, please be praying. I'm, I'm excited. I'm, I'm excited to see the growth and see people getting saved and see, see, see marriages that are getting stronger and lives that are being changed and kids that are getting ministered to and people hearing from the Lord and free, growing in freedom and, 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 and in their worship. Man, I'm thrilled to see this. I'm thrilled to see this. I'm so thankful for what God's doing in your lives and through your lives. But can I tell you, there's more to be done. Amen? Amen. There's more to be done. There's, and, and it's going to take every one of us pulling the load in prayer and, and, and serving and giving and doing our part by the presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives to change this world in the kingdom of God. Amen? Hey, it was happening throughout the, the it was happening throughout the book of Acts. So I, I, going on Acts uh, 
um, not a needy person among them. Acts chapter 5, you can read it for yourself. Great stories there, signs and wonders that are being done. People are being healed. Miraculous things are taking place. People from other regions are bringing the sick and they're laying them on the street and, and just so that the shadow of the apostles could go over them and, and they could be healed. I'm believing, listen, I'm believing for regional national and international influence to flow from this church and this house for the kingdom of God around the world. I'm believing that. Does anybody else think that's a possibility? I believe it. I believe we can impact nations and generations as the Holy Spirit works in us, as the Holy Ghost works in us and through us. And miraculous deliverance, you you need to read this. Anybody that says the Bible is boring just hadn't read it. I'm telling you, it is an amazing. Acts chapter five, that's a great story alone. Apostles get thrown in prison, they get released, miraculously released. And then chapter six, there's, um, we're introduced to someone, the, to, to Stephen. He's a, just, he's, a, he's a servant, he's a disciple, he's a, he's a helper, he's waiting on tables in the church. And all of a sudden, God anoints him and fills him with the Holy Spirit. And he begins to do great things. Miracles are happening through his life. And he, you know, he, gets, um, he, he gets threatened, he gets arrested. And actually, um, actually during this time, Stephen becomes the first martyr in the church. He was stoned to death. And, and this, at this point in time, this is when we're introduced to somebody named Saul of Tarsus. We're introduced to a guy named, he becomes Paul, the Apostle Paul. Anybody ever heard, ever heard of the Apostle Paul? He, he wrote like, you know, the most of the New Testament, you know. But, but we're introduced to him here and and, and, and again, you read more about him in Acts chapter 22 where he was standing there and people said, we want to kill Stephen. And he's the one saying, yes, kill him here. I'll hold your coats while you throw the stones. Anybody ever met somebody like that? Right? <laughs> I'll hold the coat. You throw the stone. And, and that's what he's doing. And all of a sudden, we, we, we start getting introduced to this, this guy, this Paul. And, and, and we pick up the story of Paul in chapter 9. And here's when we want to camp just for a couple minutes. All right? So... Everybody zero in with me. All right. Chapter 9 in the book of Acts, Paul has been empowered by the religious people to go and to stamp out the church, to stamp out this movement of the Holy Ghost through the Jesus followers. And so he's on his way with papers, with authority in hand to the city of Damascus. And and while he's on his way to Damascus and thinking about just what I'm going to do and how I'm going to destroy them, how I'm going to torture them and how I'm going to tear this movement apart and how I'm going to crush it underfoot. And, you know, all of a sudden he has an encounter with Jesus. And in this, you can go and read about it. In this encounter with Jesus, Jesus speaks to him. Jesus shows himself to him. He knocks him off of his horse. You know, he's down on the... He's down on the ground, and all of a sudden, he ends up out of this encounter with just he ends up blind. But the Holy Ghost is speaking to him, and he says, hey, some, get one of your people, take, they'll take you by hand, and you go into the city of Damascus, and you're going to go into a certain house and stay there until I tell you what to do. So while this is going on with Paul, we pick up here in, uh, in Acts chapter 9. Okay, everybody there with me in Acts chapter 9? Acts chapter 9. And um, down in a verse, I want to pick up in verse 10. It says this. It says, now there was a certain disciple at Damascus. Okay, circle the word certain. Okay, the history tells us, I've looked it up, studied it. That's about as much information as we get on this guy named Ananias of of Damascus. He was just a certain, uh, he was a certain 
a disciple. He was a follower of Jesus. He'd been a leader there in the, uh, in the Jewish temple. He'd been a convert. He, he, he sees the reality of who Jesus is. Listen, you know who he is? He's someone just like any one of us here today. A certain disciple. And it says, now there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias. And to him, the Lord said in a vision. The Lord came to him and spoke to him. Okay, don't, don't disconnect here. What did Jesus say the Holy Spirit would do? He would come and he would teach us. He would guide us. He would be the hodegeo to us. He would show us the way to go. He would show us the things to do. He would show us how to do them. I know that there are desires in people's hearts here today to, to do something impacting in the kingdom of God. And, and the question so many times in our hearts is, how do we do it? Can I tell you that the first answer, the first answer comes with getting connected with Jesus, welcoming the fullness of the Holy Spirit and letting him show you the way to go. So it says this certain disciple named Ananias, and the Lord said to him, Ananias, and he said, here am I, Lord. Listen. If God speaks to you, right, when God speaks to you, let me say that, when God speaks to you, the best response is not, get thee away from me, devil, right? I mean, that's right. We start hearing voices, we start hearing things, and we wonder who it is and where it is. Can I tell you, God desires to communicate with his children. He desires to communicate with men and with women and with boys and girls. You know why? Because he loves you. He loves you and he has a plan for your life. And so that we go on here and we read and it says that the Lord spoke to him and said, he, and he said, here am I. And so the Lord said to him, arise and go to the street called Straight and inquire at the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus. For behold, he is praying. And in a vision, he has seen a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hand on him so that he might receive his sight. So here we see the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit operating in the life of Ananias. We, we see him coming in and, and speaking in a vision. Everybody with me? Don't limit the way that you think the Holy Ghost speaks to you. Okay? I know people that say, well, if God's going to speak to me, he's going to speak to me through his Bible. You know what? He'll never contradict the scripture, but there are certainly other ways that God speaks to us. Sometimes he speaks through a pastor or a preacher standing and preaching. Sometimes he speaks through a, a spouse. Amen? Men, you would have been really wise to say amen right there, okay? Sometimes he speaks through our, our wives. Sometimes our husbands. Sometimes he speaks through a song. Anybody ever had God speak to him through a song, right? Yes, man, he speaks through, he speaks through songs. He speaks through a verse that he'll give us. He'll speak through pictures. He'll speak through pictures in action, movies, visions in our hearts and our mind. So don't limit the way that God speaks to you. And then the next thing is that he said, um, he said to him, then the, oh, I like this. Ananias goes, hey, Lord, I think you missed something. He says, Lord, I've heard from many about this man how much harm he has done to your saints in Jerusalem. And God, just in case you didn't know it, I hear that he's been given authority from the chief priest to bind all who call on your name. Anybody ever had to inform the Lord of some things? <laughs> God, I know you got everything under control. I know the bills, you know, Lord, you're going to pay the bills. But just in case you missed it, God, this one's due today. <laughs> you know, I mean... Uh, God, uh, you know, there's, there's problems going on. And, and God, I know you're going to take care of it. But just in case it slipped your attention, can I tell you that nothing slips God's intention? 
The scripture says this about him. It says he doesn't blink. He never takes his eye off of you. He, he, he doesn't forget. You know what? When things aren't happening in our time frame, what God's doing, he's giving us an opportunity to exercise faith, to put trust in him, to, to, to just to build that testimony of God's faithfulness in our lives. So it goes on. And here's how the Lord answered. But the Lord said to him, go, go. Can I tell you that, that sometimes God's answer for us is going to be go. And, and he had already told him, he said, I'm going to show you where to go. But, but we've got to have this heart in spite of our fears, in spite of our, uh, of our concerns. I, I think that's what Ananias is doing. He's going, whoa, Lord. You know, this being a leader in the temple and being hanging out with my Christian buds and oh, that's really good, God. But I don't know so much about going and talking to this person who's in charge of the persecution. And God's saying, hey, I got you, Ananias. You go. And you know, there was a reason for him. There was a reason for Ananias to go. There's always, go listen, there's always going to be a reason we might not always know what it is, but we're always going to have, God's always going to have a reason for every place he sends us, whether it's on a campus, in a workplace, or in, 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 type, in some type of a situation in a family, whatever it is, I'm telling you, God's got a purpose. We want to set our hearts on go. It says, go, for he's a chosen vessel of mine to bear my name before the Gentiles, kings, and the children of Israel. For I will show him how many things he must suffer for my name's sake. And I love that God had a plan for Paul. And sometimes, listen, don't miss this. Sometimes God's plan for other people is going to start with you saying yes when he says go. You've got to understand, you're important. You are important. Yeah, but I've had some struggles. I've had some issues. I've had some problems, man. I, I've gone, I went through bankruptcy. I went through divorce. I've had sickness in my body. I've got stresses in my life. You don't, you don't know the addiction or the habit. Can I tell you this? God knows everything about it, and he's still saying, I've got a plan and a purpose for your life. That's a good word there, folks. That would have deserved a bigger amen. I'm just telling you, right? So, hey, look what he says. It says in verse 17, and Ananias went his way. Ananias said, okay, God, I'm going to trust you, Holy Spirit. I'm going to follow you. And he went his way and entered the house and laying his hands on him, he said, brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road as you came has sent me that you may receive your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately there fell from his eyes something like scales and he received his sight at once and he arose and he was baptized. Received some food and he was strengthened. Can, can, I, can I, real quickly here, okay? Look at what happened. God, by the work of the Holy Spirit, spoke to Ananias. Ananias obeyed. He goes, he walks into the house and I, he over, the Holy Ghost helped him overcome his fear, his concerns, his worries. He goes into the house and I love how he addresses Saul. I'm not sure I would have called him brother. Might have been dude, you know, I mean, it's like, right? Brother Saul. You know what that tells me? That the work of God by the Holy Spirit had done something, had changed something in Ananias' heart. No longer did he see him. He'd never met him, but his, his vision of him had changed. 
Now, now look, we're not going to get into all this today, but can I tell you, you may have some prejudices, you may have some predispositions about what you believe about a race of people, a class of people, and a segment of society. But can I tell you that when the Holy Spirit comes into your heart, he's going to change your perspective to line up with the heart of God. Amen? Brother Saul, Brother Saul, and he comes over, and you know something, I love this. He comes over to the blind man. He comes over to the man that was, that was still wondering, what is going on? What is happening to me? And he lays his hand on him. I, I, I mean, this, guys, we could spend some time here, but, but the fact of being willing to reach out beyond his own comfort area, to be able to touch someone else's life. Can I tell you that I believe today that God is looking for people that he can work in and that he can work through to touch other people's lives. I don't know about that. That's, that might make me feel uncomfortable. That's not the way we do it. It's not the way we've done it. It's not the way it is in so many places. Can I tell you today, folks, Ananias reached out and he touched him. And what does the scripture say? Do we still have that scripture? It says that immediately, Immediately, the scales fell from his eyes. The blindness of his life was healed. I can't help but wondering how many people are walking around with blindness. Maybe it's relational blindness or spiritual blindness. And that, and that what's keeping them, what's allowing them to remain blind is because that there's some of us. Let, let, let's not put it on somebody else. Let's put it right here. That there's, there's some of us, that there's, there's Sam Fisher that, that hasn't been willing to say yes. I'll go. I'll be that person. Yeah. I, I wonder. To just think about it for a few minutes. What, what would have happened? So we know the story. If you don't know the story, you'll hear more about it. Don't miss next week. Great great impartation from chapter 10. You're not going to want to miss it. It's going to be fantastic. Um, but, but, and throughout the scripture, the, throughout the rest of the book of Acts, we start hearing about Paul and how Paul was used by God and how Paul reached the Gentiles and how Paul went to churches and how Paul wrote, you know, over half of the New Testament and how Paul is a major player of reach. Listen, had Paul not gone to the Gentiles, would we even be here today to worship Jesus? Good, good question, right? Would, would we? Would we? So I wonder what the story would have looked like if Ananias had said no to the Holy Spirit and to the Holy Ghost using him. I wonder how Paul's life would have been different. I wonder how the New Testament would have been different. I wonder how the Gentile world would have been different. I wonder how your life and my life would have been different if Ananias had said no. If Ananias saying yes to the Holy Ghost moving in him and through him meant that the world would be impacted, let me ask you a question. What does it mean for you to say yes today? What does it mean for the times you've said no? Could it be, could it be that, that today there is a world that's waiting to be touched by you saying, yes, Holy Ghost, you can fill my life. You can use my life. 
You can empower me. You can baptize me. You can release spiritual gifts in my life. You can grow spiritual fruit in my life. Yes, Holy Ghost, yes. Come and do whatever you want to do. I mean, I've got to tell you that in studying this, there have just been so many times where I've been reflecting and saying, God, and you know what? In our world, I don't personally think we say no to God. You know what I think we say? Um, okay, in a little while. Uh, okay, uh, let, let, me, let me finish this. Let me do this. Let me, let, let me get some more understanding. Let me ask a few more questions. And we, we delay. My question is, how many people, how many people are, are, are living in blindness? And how many people haven't yet been connected with Jesus, yet filled with the Holy Spirit, yet empowered to, to be who God's called him to be in the kingdom of God simply because you and I haven't said yes. Yes, God. Fill me, use me, work in me, work through me to do whatever you desire to do. Let me ask you to bow your heads this morning, please, just while you're seated.